Hey everyone, welcome back to Lead with Worship, a worship podcast from the team here at Saddleback Church. My name is John Cassetto, and I have the honor of serving as the global worship pastor here at Saddleback. You know, on this podcast, you'll hear from artists, creatives, and guests as we uncover the heart and purpose of worship. Throughout our time together, it is my prayer and our team's prayer that you would be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in your own creative journey and worship leadership. You know, today we have something really special for you today, because here at Saddleback, uh, we really value making space for creatives. Whether you're a vocalist, a musician, a painter, a sculptor, a baker, a dancer, any sort of creativity, we want to make space for people to create for God's glory. So today you're in for a really special treat. You're going to hear from one of my good friends and someone that really inspires me daily. Uh, He's a pastor here at church. Uh, We run alongside one another in this journey together in leading creatives. Today, you're going to hear from Jason Leith. He is our visual arts pastor here at Saddleback, and there's a great conversation here between Jason and Josh Miller. Josh is a worship leader and a songwriter on our team and a great leader and shepherd amongst us as well. So you're going to have a great experience today listening to this podcast. So here we go. Let's dive into today's conversation. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the Lead with Worship podcast. My name's Taylor, and I'm on the worship staff here at Saddleback Church. And I'm here today with my friends, Jason Leith and Josh Miller. Good to see you guys today. What's up? Good to be here. Good to see you guys. I know John mentioned it at the beginning, but for those of you who don't know, Josh is one of the worship leaders on staff with Saddleback Worship. And Jason is the visual arts pastor at Saddleback. I think that's the right title. Let's do that. Let's go for that. (laughs) Sometimes people ask me my title, and I go... Totally forget it. I just it. shake my head. I don't know. I'm not sure. Absolutely. And then, I know I get the, I get that sometimes too. What that means though is Jason really oversees um, our arts community. So really, the pe- you know, painters and writers and and poets and sculptors and those are the people really that are entrusted to Jason's pastoral leadership. And so, love that you're here, man. Um, we're talking about today making space for creatives, and we're going to dive into some of that conversation, what that looks like today, but. Really what I want to start with, and we'll, maybe we'll start with you, Jason. Could you just tell us and just tell the people listening, um, take us back to the moment that first sparked your excitement about art in the local church. Whoa. Where does that come in, actually? Let's see. Let's go back. Well, I've I've always loved making things. I love using my hands to to create things and and to discover and to play and to sometimes like discover so much that I actually even wreck something (laughs) because I'm like taking it apart and trying to figure out how does this work and putting it back together. And that's always been part of, uh, just my makeup and how, how I work out things in the world is, is, um, through physical creation. I, I love to have my hands in things and that eventually evolved into drawing and painting and sculpting. And I think I was given the first opportunity to make something with the church when I was in late, maybe eighth or ninth grade, mm-hmm. when I was invited to create something um, as an awareness piece um, for the church that they were trying to show love to our community. And they wanted artists to be able to come and express what they've experienced about the gospel um, kind of at a live art event. And I had never thought about making art at the church, but this was my first time, maybe, uh, how old would I have been? Um, 
13, 14 years old. And I made a huge painting um, at, here at Saddleback Church. And I made it, it was a very kind of like what you would call like a cheesy Christian art. Um, it was, yeah. you know, Jesus' <laughs> hand and it was like a nail through it and the blood was coming down off of his hand and it was washing over the world, which was right below his hand and his hand was gigantic and it was all in outer space. All about it. So, you know, I went for it. This was, this was my faith in that moment, just kind of very literally trying to paint what I saw the gospel yeah. as and it was so pure. <laughs> <laughs> and so lovely, yeah. but I loved being able to create something in the church for the church to share um, the hope that I saw in the gospel and to do that amongst other artists and to have that minister to people was my hope. And um, I think it was, let's see, 10 years later, eight, eight, eight years later when I was 22 years old that I was invited into kind of create an arts community in a, an official capacity in a way that mm. the church was saying, we want to care for and value artists mm. more than just saying it, yeah. more than just saying that um, every once in a while, but to actually bring you on to staff to care for all the creators in our church mm. and to see that thrive and to cultivate that culture in our church and to see not just a couple artists do their thing every once in a while, but to see maybe hundreds come and be uh, ministered to, poured into, discipled, given community, given resources, yeah. that they can be the best that they can be and everything that God made them to be. And also that they might be able to serve the city and share the gospel through their work in the city and in the church. And so it's yeah. been uh, about 10 years of, of doing this work here at Saddleback. And now when I think of the arts in the church, it's, you know, I had to like, go back in my mind just now, like, when did that start? Cause it's yeah. just been so much a part of our culture for the last 10 years. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful, man. I think I want, I want to jump to Josh in a second, but how have you seen that play out like over the years um, and develop from just, we just say that, oh, we care about artists to like arts having just a prevalent role in the local church and just seeing, seeing your community thrive and contribute just to the just to the life of the church. How, how have you seen that play out just over the past 10 years as mm -hmm. you've developed? Man, I, I remember just starting with a phone call to somebody that was doing this in the United States um, in 2012 saying, this is my friend named Michael Winters. He lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and he had been doing what we call arts ministry for a while now, but he was one of the only ones in the country. And I had to give him a call and be like, what, how do you minister to artists in your church? How do you grow an arts ministry? He was one of the only ones that I knew of, maybe yeah. three others in the country. Whereas today, um, every week I hear of a new creative ministry starting up in a local church somewhere in the United States or in the Europe or even South America or whatever it might be. And it's starting to become something that people just automatically care about. It's just part of our culture. Mm. Um, and it seems to be growing in a big way. So for us over the last 10 years, I think it's gone from a wrestling to um, have this be a value in our church and to have artists be valued to it just being intuitive and and part of our culture. And what have I seen? I've seen a lot of um, creative people because of just them being invited in and saying, your gift matters, mm. whether it serves us or not, your gift matters because you matter. And this is the gifts that God has given you. We don't want to try to fit you into some other box. We want to elevate 
who you are and we want to celebrate who you are. And I've seen testimony after testimony of people just saying, because I was valued here, because I had a place and a family here that I felt like I was a part of, that I was invited to and valued, that you showed my work, that you celebrated my work, you gave me a place to speak. You said, we have a small group just for you, or we have a workshop that's meant to, to build up your, your faith um, as a creator. Or we have this project that your, your talent as a sculptor can be used to express something really beautiful at Easter. Hmm. Um, these things, these very simple things of just inviting people in to use their gifts has made people feel like family at Saddleback and like they really are part of what we call the church, which is the family of God, that they have a place and a purpose amongst that family. And so it's, it's always looked like, you know, about 75 or so artists just being steadily involved and being part and using their gifts however they can. Mm. Some come for the community, mm. some come for the friendships and they, they grow and we see them start to go from someone who like, they're like, oh, I, I think I care about creativity to saying, you know, five years later, I, I am an artist. Mm. I am an artist and that's how they introduce themselves and it's in confidence and it's in joy that they introduce themselves that way. Mm. And if there's nothing more than that, of people just walking into a confidence in their gift and mm. using that confidently uh, for the kingdom, then, then there's, there's nothing more than I would rather that I'd rather do here. That's good, Jason. That's really good. Josh, what about you? What was the moment? Maybe take us back to the moment for you when you first started to get excited about art in the local church. Yeah. So I grew up being a pastor's kid and I always was fascinated by looking at like a hymnal book or like seeing a song, uh, like when I'd Google a song and seeing like the names that wrote the song. Cause you know, sometimes when you're a young kid, you're just like, well, these songs have been around for forever. And we just keep singing them. But to when I realized when I was a young kid that there were actually human beings that wrote these songs, that, that, that it was God-inspired and that it was um, a song that we get to sing. I thought it was so fascinating that God would invite people, human beings, into the process of, you know, songs in our church. I always thought that was fascinating. But I remember, I remember just being probably like eight, nine, 10 years old, just writing songs and realizing that like the value of walking into a room and, you know, thinking of a melody or some lyrics that didn't exist before hmm. and how it made me feel when I, when I did it. And I think that was maybe the first step before I even realized art in the church, it was almost on a personal level, like what art made me feel like, like there was almost like a, a connection to the Lord that was unique that I didn't feel doing anything else. Like there's like a, a satisfactory, there's like a, there's like a satisfaction and there's like a, oh my gosh, this is what I was made to do kind of a thing. Yeah. But to know that that was happening at a large level with other people and knowing that churches were finding songs to sing 
because that was happening. I don't know if that makes any sense, but there was yeah, like, yeah. it's a lot of individual experiences that led to um, songs for the church that touched a lot of people's um, lives. Yeah. And I was around eight or nine years old where I had that moment of like, wow, there are people doing this and it's leaving the bedroom that they wrote it in, but it's actually touching multiple people. Yeah. Because of their individual journey with the Lord. Yeah. That's really good, Josh. I think what we're getting to is like, is just how, how important art is like in the life of the local church. I remember just in preparation for our conversation today, I was just um, doing some research and just listening to some things. And there's this beautiful letter that Pope John Paul II wrote to artists of the church in 1999. Mm-hmm. And he says in it, and it's worth your time totally, like worth it. It's a, it's a big read, but it's worth yeah. your, your whole time. But there's a section where it says, he says, in order to communicate the message entrusted to her by Christ, the church needs art. Art must make perceptible and as far as possible attractive the world of the spirit, of the invisible, of God. It must therefore translate into meaningful terms that which is in itself ineffable. Art has a unique capacity to take one or other facet of the message and translate it into colors, shapes, and sounds which nourish the intuition of those who look or listen. It does so without emptying the message itself of its transcendent value and its aura of mystery. The church's needs, especially of those who can do this on the literary and figurative level, using the endless possibilities of images and their symbolic force. Christ himself made extensive use of images in his preaching, fully in keeping with his willingness to become in the incarnation, the icon of the unseen God. So it's so important that we see art in the life of the local church. And I think I just thinking about our context today, I think we see this play out so much on the weekend services and, you know, and singers and, and, and writers and people like who lead worship. And a lot of times though, I think we see it boxed into sort of a product. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's for lack, lack of a better, better term, kind of a, a product end. Um, like if you sing, okay, great. You sing. Okay. Let's put you, let's give you a microphone and put you on the weekend service. Okay. You play guitar. That's really awesome. But like, for people like who don't necessarily like do those things or they do those things in a different way or they write songs like in a different way, like those spaces are important too. And so what does that look like for us? Like at Saddleback Jason, like what does that look like when you're making space for those kinds of things here? Yeah. I love that you brought that uh, Pope John Paul letter. It's so powerful. And uh, to me, it speaks. um, When I, when I listened to that letter, I remember everything that I, really care about with the arts, which is, you know, so often we have this experience in our churches that is very heady. And uh, when the music comes, it can be very heart-filled. Um, or when a visual comes, it can speak right to the heart. It can move, move past all your your blocks with your logic. And we can begin to experience the living God, to taste and see, taste and see that the Lord is good mm. and experience it um, in the context of the house of worship. Um, and so I love that, that you brought that forward. And that's really what, what motivates me is that we live in a, a world that we're in a kind of, there's, I would call it a post-Christian world. A lot, a lot of the West can yeah. be categorized as a post-Christian space um, because we've become jaded to anything that looks like religion. And um, a lot of people claim that they've been hurt by anything connected to organized religion. Hmm. And so just sharing uh, with words sometimes is cannot be enough, but to bring forward an experience 
of the gospel through creativity. That's what the mission of artists can be as a, as a part of the body of Christ is to help people experience that gospel. And so your question was about asking about what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. On yeah, the yeah. weekend for us or during the weekdays? Yeah. Like for you guys, I know like one example I think of is you guys created a, a beautiful piece for a conference this, this last week. Maybe tell us about that and maybe tell us a little bit about like co-creating some of those gatherings that you guys do. Yeah. So yeah, I started as the visual arts person for the last 10 years. And then recently we said, let's, let's expand that to all creatives in the church. And so that's what we call co-create. And uh, really it, that's why we're sitting here with, with Josh and you and talking about music and visual arts and dance and poetry, that all these things matter in the body of Christ. And uh, what we did this last week was we were at a, there was a conference here at Saddleback uh, for moms and dads who have adopted or fostered children. And we got to, we were asked to bring in a creative experience to be able to give them a space to express all of the difficulties, the challenges, um, and also the beauty and the reward of being an adoptive or foster parent. And so it was actually uh, with Max McGee, who he leads this this ministry at our church. Um, we came up with this idea. It was mostly his idea, actually, to have uh, an invitation for these parents to come and break a plate as just a representation of not trying to skip over all the difficulty or say, oh, it's totally okay, but to to allow a lament, healthy lament and grief to happen um, of all the difficulty that they may, might face every day. And then for our artists to be able to take those broken pieces and what we did is we created uh, a mural out of these uh, broken tiles. Mm. Um, we created a mosaic uh, that was eventually the image of rushing water. And it was a six by six foot image of rushing water mm. made of all these broken plates, blue and glass and even gold plates and green and darks. We brought them all into this, this composition uh, made by artists who are just members at our church who say, I have a gift for organizing color and seeing abstraction, putting things together with my hands. And I said, hey, Peggy, why don't you make this design? And she she made this design and we made it into a six foot mosaic that eventually all of these parents were able to step back and look at the broken pieces that they just shattered and dumped into a bucket and to see it form into this this image of life-giving water. Mm. We put it in the context of these doors to talk about life-giving water in the home, um, that their homes kind of just, it was, it became a prayer. Every piece that we put on the wall was like a prayer for restoration, mm. uh, a hope towards uh, and a faith in this gospel that says all things will be made new. Wow. So I love doing projects like that. I love what it, when it involves the audience and when it can be participatory, when it's not just a spectator, kind of like a spectacle, but they were, are able to participate and be part of this. They touch the glass, they break and have this visceral experience. Um, this, is, this is what the arts do. They yeah. bring our bodies and our physical existence into these realities that we talk about and... Um, are so eloquently shared by pastors from a stage. And we go, oh yeah, I remember now. Um, I, 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 I'm getting that again and I'm gonna try to you know, get that in my head a little bit more. 
but to, to make it into an experience, that's something you, you never forget. And you can tell to a friend years later, oh, I remember mm. when I broke that plate at Saddleback Church and they, I saw it restored into this image. That reminds me of how good God is, even in your broken situation. And someone can, can really remember that, not just in their mind, but in their entire being and their body. Wow. I love that. That is so beautiful. <laughs> just the image of the mosaic and just the way that you just brought together artists, you know, to, to make that. Yeah, it was just, that's just such a beautiful picture, Jason. Thanks mm. for sharing that. Yeah. What does that look like for, like, I want to talk a little bit more about co-create and what does that look like for, for people, you know, when you're trying to gather people outside of just, even if it's, if it's not a product at a conference or a product for like a weekend service, but what does that look like for you, like creating community? Um, and that are those gather, are those like large gatherings? Are there like smaller groups that meet together? Yeah. Like, what does that look like practically for you guys? Do you want to talk about the co-create showcases, Josh? Yeah, I, I do want to talk about the co-create showcases, but I think Taylor, I think what I love about co-create in and of itself is that it, it's a ministry at our church um, that allows people to w walk into their God-given identity mm. as creatives. And I think, I think that's super important to talk about first before the showcases, because a lot of, I think at times art can be transactional over transformational. Mm. And I think what I love most about this ministry, and I've told Jason in our meetings, what I love about it is that it, is that it forces um, creatives to to get back to their original design. Hmm. And I think about David. We think of David with a harp and writing these prolific songs to the Lord, but we we forget that he first was, you know, a shepherd boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who, you know, learned um, the heart of God when he was a small kid. Yeah. And so I think what I love most about co-create is that it, it forces you to realize you're right. It's an identity conversation rather than a productivity conversation. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that in co-create a lot is how do we make space for creatives of all kinds to come under one banner mm. rather than be separated just being busy about what we can produce and create. Yeah. And, um, so what we do is we have these showcases where we highlight artists in our ministry, um, because it's always nice when you get to showcase your art that you've been working on that God's put on your heart, whether that be, uh, paintings or songs or poems or dance or whatever. And we celebrate the art. So yeah. it's a community under one banner coming together to celebrate each other. And what celebration does is it perpetuates more art. Mm. And so um, I th I'm thinking of our first showcase. So we, we usually do it at like a coffee shop. There's great coffee. Um, there's there's paintings and, and things mounted on the walls. Um, there's a celebration of different cultures, backgrounds, upbringings. And we're essentially celebrating each other. Jason, I, I, I haven't really thought about it that way before, but that's really what we're doing is we're celebrating each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, we're celebrating each other and we really haven't, you know, we're not, 
the only thing we're receiving is the beauty of 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 the ultimate creator moving in and through the people around us. Yeah. Whereas like if you're only writing for the intent of releasing the song there, which I believe in and I love, um, that's different than just being in a room writing because you were designed for that. There's, there's, those are two different things. And I love that we're talking about co-create because in, in my life personally, um, it's caused me to get back to eight-year-old Josh, yeah. you know, where I'm in my room and I'm just in love with the presence of the Lord and God's word and how connected I feel to the vine when I'm, when I'm just being who God created me to be. Mm-hmm. The creator, the creative that God made me to be. And so what this ministry does, and I'll let Jason maybe chat next about co-create is that Everyone is welcome. No matter what kind of creative you are, you're welcome. We're all sitting at the same table. We're all sitting at the same table and we're just saying, let's just be who God created us to be. And then we're all going to celebrate each other in that process. Mm -hmm. It's a really beautiful ministry. Yeah. I think what you were just kind of uh, hitting on there with like getting back to your childhood self and letting that, that part of you come, um, and, and be part of your life right now today um, as you write songs and as you make songs in freedom like that, that's, that's an answer to something that we're trying to, um, we're really trying to address, which is the burnout of uh, men and women who are not able to make something that kind of comes out of a place of like, this is my first love. This is why mm, yeah. I first starting started doing this is because I love this part of it. And that part might get robbed from people um, when you're always creating uh, a product that has to meet certain standards and certain deadlines, um, and you're you're not able to really be that person that you were uh, when you were a kid. Your first love of why you're a music, um, why you're a musician or a songwriter. And so, what we get to do when people are writing these songs for co-create and bringing them into the city is that there's not always a place on the weekend, right. For people to bring all the stuff that they write, even like, you know, just a quarter of the stuff that you maybe write, Josh, that's specifically for Saddleback and for the weekend gets to actually be shared. So just imagine somebody who is a musician that comes into our church and saying, I want to serve with my music, but maybe it's not right for that weekend worship experience. What do we do with that person? Um, how do we empower them? How do we value them? Right. Instead of saying, oh, there's not really a place for your work here, right. period. Yeah. It's saying, I love what you do. And what if we shared it here at this coffee shop on this weekend where, you know, a hundred of our teammates are going to come around and celebrate the stuff that you've just written. Yeah. Um, and to, to see the energy that that brings that songwriter to see the yeah. life that breathes into them, to yeah. be able to share that work and to have your your pastor and your your friends and your um, everybody that's part of your church family and even some people from the city that have never been to your church before, they come to this coffee shop yeah. to celebrate those songs or yeah. those paintings or those poems. That's a beautiful thing that I think really spurs people on to to be part of this family and to right. say, I can be, I can be family here, even though this doesn't fit into this box. Right. They've made a place. 
uh, mm. for my work to be shared. That is so good, Jason. I think like what excites me so much about what you guys are sharing about like just co-creating the showcases is that it's something that any ministry can do and any church and any size and any context can, can do and, and make space for. Um, something I was gonna start like right before COVID happened, I was a campus worship leader at, at San Diego and I was trying, I was gonna, I had a lot of my volunteers who love to write songs. They love to write songs. There was a good amount of them that did. And something that we were talking about starting before COVID happened was to just kind of have a songwriters round and start getting together to share songs and just to, and just to write with each other and just to be with each other and just make space for people to share those things. And so, so much of that is like what you're talking about is just making space for people to share what, what they're creating so they can find encouragement yeah. in each other and they can be affirmed in the things that they're creating for the Lord. Cause so many of them, it's like, you know, the songs they write or the poetry they make may not have a space like on a weekend context or the songs they write may not have a space on an album placement or anything like that, but it's how they spend time with the Lord and they find the Lord in that. And those things matter. Yeah. And seeing the, and seeing, um, seeing those things from each other really matters. And so really love that. And I think a good practical thing to Taylor, um, and I've talked to Jason about this a lot, is that if you are a creative that your content is being used on the weekend, I think it's super important for you to also lead the way in in creating with no um, goal in mind. Hmm. So like when... I think that when, if you say you're a, say you're a songwriter and you are writing songs and you're, and you're humbled and fortunate that those songs are being sung in your church. Um, if you come alongside other creatives and just create to, for the sake of creating and being, being found under the banner of Jesus together, all you're doing is championing like really pure creativity. And it's really important because praise God, we, we get to create things and other people around the world create things that are heard and seen by many. But then there's also a lot of art that those same people make that don't, and it's connected them, connected them to God. Yeah. And so if we can champion that together, no matter what kind of art you make or, or what it's used for, all we're doing is championing, um, really pure um, connection to the Lord and, and design and, and the way he's created us as creatives. And uh, some of my favorite moments writing songs are, it, it's so funny when you walk away from say a co-write and Taylor, you would probably resonate with this. The song is wonderful and like you love the song, but the memories are made in the connection to the human beings you're in the room with. Yeah. That's what makes the moment pure and beautiful is while wow, we, we experienced the presence of the Lord together and that was something we were connected. We were connected by that. Yeah. And when the people of God are connected to each other, when there's unity, God is honored and that's when beautiful things start to happen. So in co-create, um, I could be way off Jason Obviously, the intent of the ministry is that we are we are found as uh, creatives and 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 understanding our design um, and there's beauty in that. But I think one of the biggest 
wins for co-create is the connection to each other. Mm -hmm. God's people connected to each other and... You're way off. (laughs) (laughs) But But it is so beautiful. That's what I love about the ministry is I could sit down with a painter and I don't know anything about painting, um, but we are connected be, by God's design yeah. in our creativity. Yeah. One of the ways that we've materialized that or said that in uh, some of our writing about, about this is that creativity is a people. Creativity mm-hmm. is a people. Ultimately, it's not when you, when you lead back to the root of this beautiful product that's been created, it's from a person and their yeah. story and their vision and their experience. And they are a child of God that we need to value and hold with such care. And part of the way that we've done that is to create these uh, co-create groups is mm-hmm. one thing that we've started. And it's just people being able to, because one of the things is that if there's not a place to serve or that person doesn't have um, an exact, uh, it's not the right season for them to be to be serving and putting out, but they still want to be part of the family of God. They still want to be known and seen and part of this family. Yeah. What do we do uh, to integrate them into the body of the church, especially at a place like Saddleback at our Lake Forest campus where there's thousands and thousands of people on the weekend. Um, they might've not found a small group yet, um, or maybe they have, but they still don't feel quite connected to this group of makers musicians and artists at the church, what we've come up with is uh, co-create groups, which is groups that meet once a month over a meal. And they just, it's more, it's more relational than everything, than anything. Over this meal, we ask two questions. How's your art going? What are you making? What's, what's God doing through what you're making, through what you're writing, uh, through what you're choreographing? And how's your heart? How's your heart doing? Um, what's the spirit saying to you? How are you feeling this month? Um, are you in the middle of a depression? Are you in the middle of a really joyful time where, uh, how can we celebrate that with you? And how do these two things come together? Cause yeah. for people who make things, how your art's doing and how your heart's doing, those are merged. They're kind of like one in the same. And so to check in with those, it's just groups of six people. Just six people having a meal together once a month for a couple hours and just check, just being with each other. It's the practice really of being mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just stopping all the doing and stopping all the ma- all the product making and just being with one another, looking each other in the eyes and saying, how you doing? How can we support you? Um, how can we laugh with you? How can we mourn with you? How can we celebrate with you? How can we look at what you're making and say, yes, make more. Uh, we love, we love hearing this. We love seeing this and to, to celebrate that person. So that's how we, um, that's how we live out creativity is a people in, is in those groups. That's a soundbite for sure. More being and less doing. Mm-hmm. Like I think as a community and culture, we're good at doing, 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 and we forget to just be like, I think of Jesus, like, he was good at being with the father yeah and it overflowed into his ministry and he did he did he did a long season of just being with father god mm. before he even did anything mm-hmm. so that's a word yeah and Jason. ultimately we're just we're trusting like a lot of you might be listening to this and asking like so how does this really like help 
me and my church, like we have stuff to get done. We yeah. gotta, we gotta make this happen. We're, we're trying to grow our team here. We're trying mm-hmm. to rebuild. Um, like really, do we really have the time and the space for this? This might be nice for, for y'all, but yeah, uh, we got some stuff to do. What we're, what we're trusting God with right now is that as we do rest in him and as we do, um, as we just practice being with one another and as we practice celebrating one another's identity, um, even if we don't see kind of like the, how it's going to benefit, you know, our church, um, in this, these direct kind of like measurable ways, we're trusting that these, this is the heart of Jesus. We're trusting that this is what the father God has asked us to do is to value people above all else. And we are, we are having faith that that is going to be fruitful for our team and it's going to bring life to our team that really we're seeing that we need, we need to, we've, we saw that we need to balance our team in this way. And so we're just running forward and trusting that as we invest in these things, that it's going to bring fruit. Well, well, as a testimony, like, and Taylor, Taylor knows me really well, so he can call me on my lies, (laughs) but I am the most busy body, like task driven project oriented person like ever. Like I love to, to accomplish things. I love like getting things done and I am very, very busy. But what co-create has done for me is it's forced me to change rhythms in my life. So like I'm currently doing this practice of, of, and it, and it stemmed from this ministry where I was in a conversation with one of the groups. Um, we were sharing dinner, Jason, and we were talking about writing with no purpose, like, or writing with nothing in mind, no, no project in mind. And I've been doing, I've been doing a daily, you know, songwriting with my devotional every day and just doing it to be, just to be the creative God has called me to be just that practice of creativity. Mm. And I'm not going to say that my songs have gotten better, but my connection to the song giver has gotten better. Hmm. Like the connection to the vine has been stronger because I'm putting into practice the tools and the things God created me to be. So there is something about consistent creativity with the right mindset that God begins to birth something in you or begins to cultivate something in you that's just so beautiful. Yeah. And if we can do that together as creatives in the church, with with no other with no like hidden agenda who knows what god's going to do who knows what what's going to overflow to the church uh, mm-hmm. when we do that i love that josh and i love that pastoral intentionality jason i think that whenever whenever you make space for people to feel cared for in christ like that's never wasted time yeah that's never wasted it's time good. and it's never wasted space either and so Maybe like, and, and maybe like you're someone on the other side of this podcast who's listening. Well, like maybe I'm a volunteer, maybe they're a volunteer or someone like who, like maybe they're passionate about painting or writing poetry or sculpting or whatever that is, but this space doesn't exist in your, in your church or, or in your, in your context. Um, I guess my encouragement would be, and, um, and if you guys have any parting encouragements, I'd love to hear from, from you as well. But we have this thing at Saddleback 
that says you're it. If you have an idea for a ministry or a place or a community, that's good. You're it. Don't wait for someone else to go do it. Like you bring that thing to fruition. So if you're a painter, go find the other painters in your church. If you're Mm. a writer, go find the other writers in your church and start bringing them together. Find other artists, you know, maybe throw, maybe do something like co-create and just maybe once a quarter or whatever, have just a little showcase or gathering, not for product, not for just to, um, not to accomplish some goal, but just for the simple sake of being and creating things for the glory of God and to bring it, bring each other closer to each other. And so, I think my, that's so good. I think my, the last thing I'm going to say is that, um, we are all so busy and we, and our teams and our, and everyone is busy. Um, but you actually can't afford to not make space for this because what's going to happen is if you're a creative and you're not setting aside time to just create, you'll burn out. Mm. And then you won't even, you won't finish the race well. And and scripture talks about running and finishing the race. And so you actually can't afford not to. You can't afford um, to dry up. You have to stay planted and and, and just stay willing. Um, To be honest with yourself, how's how's your art and how's your heart? Something that you have to ask yourself each and every week. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just keep thinking about the the alternative. Really, the yeah. alternative to this is is um, is really dim in my heart, and it's uh, so it's. I'm gonna end with an encouragement, I promise. But like, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the, <laughs> the alternative to to not doing this, and that is continuing to be uh, churches that are simply based in um, kind of like explaining the gospel. Yeah, we're explaining the gospel to death, really. And saying, do you get it? Do you get it? I said it. I said it again. I showed mm-hmm. you on this poster, mm-hmm. um, you know, these these ways that you need to accept Jesus and the reason why, the reason in your head, why this needs to be part of your life. But our churches uh, in the 21st century are not, not a, the majority of them are not growing. Hmm. Um, and I think, I know that part of my mission in in this life and part of why God has put me here in this church is to say there's more that we can bring to help people to taste and see uh, that the Lord is good to taste and see this gospel. And he's given us so many gifts to do that. Mm -hmm. So many gifts to experience the love of Jesus and the grace of God. And so I'm just uh, wanting to encourage all of you, if you have a gift that helps people to experience something with one of their five senses, I do believe that that can be a renewal and a revival in just these little places um, in your church, in these at these events or at these worship nights or at uh, Easter that's coming up at your church. You know, how can you take a musician or a poet or a sculptor and empower them to, to make the gospel feel just a little bit closer Hmm. to someone's real lived experience. And I really think that's going to bring new life to your church or if your church is doing an outreach in the city and you're trying to show the love of Christ, Hmm. um, artists can be a huge game changer in helping people to taste and see this gospel. Amen. Amen. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Jason, love your heart and just for artists in the local church. Josh, love your heart for songwriters and people. So thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you.
Wow. Well, I really hope that conversation blessed and encouraged you today. One of the things I love about Jason is that he lives out what he talks about. And, you know, he talked about being versus doing. And as someone who's been able to watch his journey up close, I see him as a great example of just concentrating his life and centering his life around being, whether it's with God or as a child of God. And I really admire that. I, for one, can get caught up in the doing uh, way too much. And so I just really respect and appreciate this conversation with Jason and Josh. Thanks for joining us on here, you guys. A couple things before we end our time today. You can stay connected with us in a few different ways. First of all, stay up to date with Saddleback Worship's original music wherever you stream your music. Also, we love to hear from you. We want to hear your questions, episode ideas, and ways we can serve you. You can always email us at worshippodcast at saddleback.com. Lastly, this podcast is one of the many podcasts produced by Saddleback Church. We have the Doable Discipleship Podcast, which is so helpful and so great, led by our guys over on our discipleship team. There's The Well, and there's others as well. So be sure to check out those links in the episode description. We're really glad we got to spend some time with you today, and we'll see you next time on Lead with Worship. Worship.